Today's episode of The Thriller Zone with David Temple is sponsored by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox. The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller. Hello and welcome to The Thriller Zone. I'm your host, David Temple. Hard to believe one year ago this week I launched this podcast. And it was with May Cobb, and I was sitting in Lake Tahoe, daydreaming of making this show something that I could really be proud of and that would help other writers succeed. And uh, here we are a year later, and today's show is a culmination of uh, so many exciting moments. Uh, There's only a handful of authors with me today, many of whom uh, that I invited could not make it, but uh, here's just a smattering of some of the fantastic talent on the show. Really excited about today's show, and I'm even more excited about what uh, what I'm calling 2.0 is going to be like. We're going to expand it a little bit. More thrillers, wider variety. You're still going to have the front row seat to the best thriller writers in the world, books, movies, and TV. But we're going to expand into more thrillers, political thrillers, psychological thrillers, romance thrillers, sci-fi thrillers. If it thrills, it's here because this is for thriller seekers everywhere. That's kind of what I started with. We're also going to bring in experts in the field of writing, publishing, editors, a lot of the external and periphery elements that we as writers really want to learn about and know about. So I'm very excited about that. On today's show, also a special bonus. My wife, Tammy, is co-hosting with me. Without any further ado, join me, won't you, for one hour of great fun, walking down memory lane as we celebrate a one-year anniversary of the Thriller Zone. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hey, good. You're my first victim to see if this is working. Tammy, it's a pleasure to see you. It's been a I, while. It's really nice to see you. I mean, this was part of the whole reason I was excited was I feel like I haven't seen you in years, and here we go. Uh, we actually haven't, not since I, you left New York. Isn't that crazy? She looks good. Yeah, well, just tell everyone I'm not 5'2". I, <laughs> I'm on injured reserve. I took a header yesterday running. And I, my knee looks like I have a watermelon on it, and I've got road rash. So, congratulations! Thank you. It's like a badge of honor, right? Oh, look who it is! Hey, Chris. We'll say hey, hi, buddy. Hey, bud. Nice to see you. Good to see you. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm Chris Hardy. What's your name? Oh, hey, Chris. I'm Sean O'Rourke. <laughs> I'm nice to meet her. you. <laughs> you know, our hosts are... <laughs> don't, don't, pay, don't pay attention to David. So Yeah, and I love it when... He's I, only been doing this for 40 years. Yeah, yeah. I know, supposedly. <laughs> oh, Meg Gardner. Hi, Meg. Hi, how are you guys? Nice to see you. You too. Nothing will go wrong. No, no. Hey, yeah. Peter Ferris. What's up, David? See, this is why I have my wife with me, because she's way smarter <laughs> than I. That's not true. Actually, that is true. I can attest to that. <laughs> wow. Okay. But and I love you, David. Hollywood squares Don't ever change. On. I know. This is great. So for me, Peter is Paul Lynn, and that's what I want to be. So that's <laughs> that's not fair. We're doing a little Zoom tutorial, if you guys haven't <laughs> noticed. Uh, just a little extra bonus round for all of you today. 
last. Okay, I'm going to go in a quick circle while we're waiting for uh, our last person to join us. Sean O'Rourke is up in the uh, top left corner. Sean and I go way, way, way back. Chris Hottie is in the other corner. Oh, here he is. Okay. Chris, I will see Meg Gardner. Everyone knows Meg Gardner. Hi, Meg. Hello. Next row, we got Peter Ferris, Mark Westmoreland, Joe Goldberg. Oh, part of the uh, Andrews Wilson team. Followed by the final part of the Andrews Wilson team and Joey Hartsub. Hey, right. you want me to fire up a turkey call? Oh, you <laughs> just keep that turkey call on the ready. All right. Thank you so much for joining me for this anniversary special. Um, I wanted to say out of the gate, for the record, there's very little rhyme or reason as to who is here and who isn't because <laughs> obviously. Yeah. <laughs> were, you, many, were, you pointing at, were you pointing at Brian? <laughs> it looked it looked like you were pointing at Brian, that, yeah. which, which I get. I get. Many people were invited. Many people could not make it. So, what's everyone drinking? Let's start there. We'll start uh, ladies first. <laughs> Sean, super exciting. I have a Topo Chico because it's four thousand degrees in Austin, and I needed something uh, cold and bubbly. Nice. Uh, Tam oh, by the way, the reason Tammy is lower, she uh, took a fall yesterday during a run and uh, did a pretty decent job of banging the shit out of her knee. Oh, no, sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. You'll be running. I right. I know. Someone said, well, that's exactly why I don't run. Why would I do that? But it is a badge of honor. Sean and I have gone down. We're kind of workout buddies in a in a way, so um, it's a badge of honor, I guess. But I'm not five two. I'm I'm actually five seven. So. <laughs> um, just got an ice pack on my knee. The better news is is that when she called David, David actually showed up. <laughs> By the way, Sean and I go way back to uh, our QVC days. Back when I had a short stint as a QVC host on a ancillary QVC channel. He he wrote a lot of the material that I said. And uh, so while he's not a thriller writer, he's a thrilling hell of a guy. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> All right, who else is, uh, who else is, let me see. We got uh, red wine, I think with Jeffrey, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever my wife was pouring. I think it's a duckhorn Merlot. Uh, let's see, good. bourbon with Mark Westmoreland, I've got to uh, imagine. Mm-hmm. Whitford on the rocks. Bubbly with Sean. There we go. Uh, Two brothers, vodka soda. Oh, there we nice. go. Howdy. Big glass of vodka. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit it. You're going to pick me up off the floor. In yeah, by the end. Chris will be scraping them off the floor. David, I'm drinking something tax-free and off the books right here. Oh. Mason jar. Mason jar. This, is, this is grog. Is that, <laughs> that ain't apple cider. I don't know. Uh, it's, apple, it's apple pie, though, close. You can see apples floating around in it. So it's, <laughs> it, it's singing. Let me put it that way. It's singing. Well, hey, Joey, how about you? What do you got? I'm with Chris. It's uh, tequila, but <laughs> Blanco. Hey, this is such a fun time. The fact that we're here now is uh, awesome. And the people who showed up uh, are some of my favorites. At least now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fillers. I love your show. We're happy to support you. So we're glad to be here. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. I do want to give uh, everyone a chance to kind of uh, pimp what they're either working on now. Go get it. Yeah. Just as a backup, 
and you you know you can certainly do show and tell i've got uh i think i have the books uh yeah that were on the show and i have a couple that are in process i think that's probably where yeah meg i gotta tell you something man i cannot wait to dive into this yeah, go ahead Thank and show you. me. That's what I just ran out to get. I remember yeah. to show my drink, but I forgot to bring the the book that I've written. It's going to be that's going to be tough to top that one. I don't I don't know. I think that should have been the closer. But go ahead, Meg. <laughs> Meg, let's talk, talk about, about me too. Yeah, let's talk. This has got to be one of the most exciting things that I've seen come down the pike, and I'm just going to let you run with it. Oh, thank you. I um, have co-authored. Heat too uh, with Michael Mann, who, as I hope everybody knows, wrote and directed the film Heat, starring Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, Val Kilmer. Um, and he has since then, since before then, always wanted to expand the world of the stories uh, of the characters in that classic crime drama. And I was. Um, asked about uh, possibly collaborating with him. And I thought, well, this is gonna be a huge project, uh, taking on something so big. And then I thought about it and said, you know what I've always really wanted to do, always, and I've never done it, is write a heist novel. <laughs> I thought, when am I ever gonna get an opportunity like this again to write a heist novel about the characters from my favorite heist movie with the man who wrote and directed my favorite heist movie with these iconic characters in this like epic saga. So um, we have uh, written not a sequel, not a prequel, but both. Wow. Um, it's the story starts the day after the film ends uh, with the, the last survivor of Niels McCauley's crew, Chris Chihulis, uh wounded, holed up in Koreatown, half delirious, desperate to escape. LA, uh, Vincent Hanna, who was Al Pacino's cop, uh, desperate to capture or kill him before he can ghost out of the city. And then it goes uh, to the before and after of the film. It goes back seven years to uh, Chicago where Neil's crew is uh, living the life and taking scores all across the country. Uh, Hanna's in the Chicago Police Department. It jumps forward to heists on the US-Mexican border. It goes forward in time after the story of heat to South America, where Chris uh, gets involved with a, a crime syndicate and then to LA in the, the year 2000, uh, Southeast Asia. It's a big canvas with some big characters. And I feel incredibly um, privileged, thrilled, honored uh, that I've been able to, um, I was entrusted with helping bring more stories of these characters to life. It's been a, it's been a ride. I will tell you, it has been a ride. So I can't wait for everybody to read it. It's out August 9th. Man, that is so cool. Uh, and Meg, real quick, you uh, we were talking on social media, and you set uh, set us up to go watch a particular show. We got on it right away. What was that? Um... It was on HBO Max, Meg. Oh. It was like the 30 minute uh, documentary interview or piece about his particular um, his particular section of the movie, why it was his favorite, and he broke all of the elements of that mm -hmm. particular scene down. Right. And he had, I think he had the cinematographer with him and then an editor with him. Is that 
Yes, the series, the series is yeah. One Perfect Shot, uh, uh, which is hosted by Ava DuVernay, the director. Mm -hmm. And she interviewed, I think, uh, six different directors about picking one perfect shot from one, mm -hmm. of, their, one of their films, Michael Mann, um, uh, Aaron Sorkin's another one of the directors. Yeah. But he picked, uh, out of all his works, he picked the, the, a moment in the bank robbery showdown from from heat and then talked about it for half an hour basically about how why what was going on how how he came to that point in his career what was happening in the film and uh i would recommend the series if you're interested in film at all just it's uh, it's fun it's fabulous yeah I know I'm just an interloper here. I'm not the actual host or a writer. However, uh, one of the things that I wanted to know is he mentioned that he doesn't have a democracy on his set. He's the, you know, what he says goes. How was writing with him? Did, was it really collaborative or what was that process? It was incredibly collaborative, um, but I think when uh, when your title uh, on a film is director, mm -hmm. that tells you um, exactly what's going on. But rhymes with dictator. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, but um, we we were enmeshed in collaborating on this. I mean, he had he had of course uh, had the. The idea for for the for the story for for a long long time. So I came to it wanting to honor um, his deep love, understanding, development of the characters and uh, and their lives and the stories and and where he wanted to to take it. But you know after that it was literally hashing every word pretty much in the in the book from start to finish. It was an incredible. Um, it was it was challenging because he's extraordinarily accomplished and uh, um, and works hard and gets a lot done and thinks on a and thinks about drama on a on an elevated level. So it was uh, something that I had to bring my A game every single moment. But it was uh, it was terrific. Yeah. And Meg, I don't want to blow smoke up your skirt, but you you kind of live in A game, so I don't think that was very much of a stretch. Well, that's kind of you to say. You haven't seen my the, the gym shorts I'm wearing. <laughs> I managed to get myself looking like an adult from shoulders up. So. But we're so excited for Heat too. I mean, this is, I, I can't imagine being in your shoes right now. It, it would be a dream come true for most all of us, I think. So we, uh, I, I, you know, to say, could this be game changing for you? I don't know. Uh, your 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 life has changed pretty well on its own. So we shall see, right? Okay. Indeed. I would love to jump to um, uh, one of my new finds this year for a quick little, and we're going to bounce back and forth. But uh, there, and speaking of movie and television, this gentleman here at the, the bottom of my screen, I don't know where he places with you, but Joey Hartstone, this. This book, The Local, is just a, a riveting legal thriller. And Joey, I would love for you to uh, just jump on and, and tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, it came out about two weeks ago. Uh, it's uh, it's about a, a small town in East Texas where there's more patent lawsuits than anywhere else in the country. And so there's sort of this cottage industry of local attorneys there who join big city out-of-state uh, corporate teams. And, and they serve as kind of the local voice to try to persuade the juries there. And so that's uh, the main character. And then one of his clients, one of his corporate clients gets accused of murder. And so he has to take on his first criminal case and represent him. 
You know, and I think I said on the show, and sometimes I am uh, one to hyperbolize things, but I, I really try not to ever, 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 ever do that. But um, <laughs> this was, you know, I said, you're giving John Grisham a run for his money because I just think it was so tight and so, so on the money. Uh, Tammy was reading over my shoulder on occasion. And she said, you know, this, this is going to be one that I'm going to have to pick up. So we're just so proud of you and happy for you, buddy. Oh, thank you. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I was, uh, I've gotten some really good feedback. I've, I've done a couple movies that have not gotten such kind responses. So, uh, being out on my own, it was nice for <laughs> to hear good words. I mean, has anyone else heard of your honor on, was it that oh. on HBO? That was one of our favorite shows that we watched and, paid close attention to with Brian Cranston. You were a writer on that show, right, Joey? Yeah. Hey, sorry. I don't know what's going on. I just paid you the best Anyone compliment <laughs> and you missed it. We can hear you perfectly. <laughs> Where did you go? You go, You still with us? Oh, oh. Boy, you take internet compliment some people, huh? <laughs> All right, well, he's a Hollywood guy. You can only say bad things to him. Otherwise, he doesn't know how to handle it. <laughs> While we're waiting for him to come back, uh, Andrews Wilson, two guys who have become really good friends of mine, and uh, my book of choice on this one. Uh, there are so many. I mean, I've, I've got a lot of your guys' books in there, but... I pulled Dark Intercept because it was one of my favorites. Um, so either one of you jump in and uh, tell us a little bit about that. And then again, any other project you'd like to talk about? Well, I mean, I'll let Brian jump in because he writes all the books. I just put my name on them. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's it's hard to come up with all the words. I mean, other than the title. I mean, no, thanks. Uh, we love that book. It's, it's a new series that we kicked off um, with Tyndale House. Our, we publish with multiple publishers. So we're with Blackstone. I think Meg, you're at Blackstone too. Um, they're a great house. That, that particular book though, Dark Intercept was with Tyndale. And uh, we're really excited about it. It's a new series. And um, we have a big cast of characters all the way from, you know, 12 year old girl who's kidnapped to, you know, uh, senior folks in, in a super secret task force that does some, gets their intelligence uh, collection, not just from traditional means, but some, some uh, interesting atypical means. I'll let Jeff maybe chime in about how that works. Yeah, it was kind of fun to do this as we talked about before, Dave, because you know we, we are known for kind of straight up covert ops thrillers, military thrillers, SEAL team stuff, that kind of thing. Uh, and so this was a little bit different for us to be able to put a more speculative element, some supernatural elements that have a, a, a faith basis to them. So, you know, having uh, intelligence gathering done by a group of teenagers in a sort of stranger things sort of way was definitely different for us, but very, very fun. Um, so everybody on everybody on here is an accomplished writer. So, you know, when you have that rare opportunity to step out of sort of your brand, it's so fun, right? It's so exciting, like like working with man, right? That, that, that's just such a cool thing. So um, being able to do something a little different was super exciting. And that's something we got to do in this series. Uh, the second book is actually already out. Uh, the third book comes out in October in that series. And they've extended us three more books in that, in that series. And then Sons of Valor is still cooking. Uh, second book uh, just came out. We're just finished up the third one for next year. And our tier one fans can stop emailing us. Tier one is not dead. <laughs> book seven comes out in February. 
I literally submitted my pass after I come behind Brian so that he does the hard work, but I did my pass on DE and submitted it just today. So uh, Dempsey comes out next February. So we've got a lot going on, staying busy. <laughs> the Man. golf clap, I love the day. <laughs> well, you guys are prolific. I mean, it is it is crazy how many, and I, I've just rebuilt the, uh, some of the cabinets just to be able to handle all the books. Yeah, they need bracing. We're going to try to fill up the entire thing if we can by the next year. So. Well, what I like to brag about with uh, Brian and I is that if you put the two of us together, we're almost one good writer. So <laughs> that's something to be proud of. Okay, Brian. So I have wanted to jump in on your podcasts with David. I think you guys have talked a couple times because you put a post on Twitter about your love of Kring Kringles. Yes. <laughs> so we are, we're bonded. Do you say Kringle or Kringla? Kringle. Kringle. And then what's your favorite Kringle? Well, my favorite is the raspberry, of course. I mean, <laughs> I've tried practically every other flavor and raspberry. Every time I think I'm going to supplant raspberry, it always, I always find myself going back to the raspberry. Raspberry. Yeah. Yeah. But every year we order at least one new flavor. And I think O&H Bakery is never going to, they know that that's the secret to getting people to come back. So every year they have something new. And your bakery is located where? I order them from Racine, Wisconsin. So, yes. Yeah. Right there with you. <laughs> yep. This is a fun thrill for me because I get to hear everything about you guys. I've read some of your books. I'm a big Meg fan. And so to be here and finally have an opportunity where I can ask questions that I wanted to ask is really fun. So thank you for indulging me on the Kringle question. Sure. I was really hoping May Cobb was going to show up because she was guest number one of the show. And I, Joe, were you number two? Or you, if you weren't two, you were right around there. Yeah, somewhere mm -hmm. in those low-digit numbers because you were looking for real people to talk to, and I was <laughs> missing. A couple, couple of things about Joe. Spy Devils, great book. Number two, I see you're not drinking Diet Coke. He was doing a, way too much Diet Coke. I see you've lost some weight. You look fantastic, you. by the way. Thank you. I, I gave up the, on your advice. I gave finally gave up Diet Coke after 30 years of wow. of compulsive consumption and uh, had about had a few of the grandkids, but since you fall, yeah, that'd be yeah. pretty much many. But yeah, I decided you, to lose some weight. Well, you look fantastic. And the last time we talked, your living room had just caught fire not long before, right? Uh, I burnt the house down and then I had a flood. So I did, I kind of mashed them all up together within the past five years. Yeah. I burned it down about five years ago exactly, rebuilt it, and then came back from my family thing and found water in our basement about six months ago or about the time of our talk. <laughs> Look at Meg. She just went through this, didn't you? Like a year Still, ago? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our house. Um, is this a uh, thriller author thing? I, <laughs> yeah, I, watch out guys. Cause my, yeah. uh, our car caught fire in the garage last summer and uh, uh, I'm still in the rental house while our, while the rebuild is uh, finishing up. Yeah. So yeah. That's two insurance policies though. Car and house, the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, speaking of insurance, I want to say hi to my good friend, Sean O'Rourke, who's been with us for many, many years. And his wife works in the field of insurance. He actually owns the brokerage firm I consult for. Sean is one of those guys that we would sit around. Uh, he, we worked in Westchester where QVC was back in the day. And then I would, I moved out to LA. He came out, we'd sit around and jot about, jot down uh, thriller uh, stories, movies, book ideas. And matter of fact, 
Sean, do you remember one afternoon we're sitting out there, maybe Ventura Boulevard. I had this idea. I jotted it down called Rewind and ended up turning it into a short film. I mean, I still have the, the DVD. Bedroom DVD. There. DVD. <laughs> Makes sense. All I need is a DVD player. <laughs> and I, can, I can watch it. Chris, we're coming to you, but I do want to get uh, Peter Ferris. I want you to work mm -hmm. on your, I want you to prime your duck call, but, but turkey. while turkey call, turkey sorry. Call. While we're doing that, <laughs> we're going to say hi to Mark Westmoreland, who wrote this tiny novella, A Violent Gospel, which will bitch slap you in the face. It was one of the quickest, <laughs> fastest, funnest reads I had this past year, and I'm glad he could get on the show today. Hey, Mark. It's a pleasure. Happy to be here. A Violent Gospel is like my love letter to Duke the Hazard. It's about <laughs> two brothers who steal money from a Pentecostal church and uh, things go wrong from there. The thing that's currently coming out is called A Morning Song. Um, it's my love letter to Walking Tall. It's the sequel to A Violent Gospel. It's set two years after the events of that book and a white supremacist gang called the Ghostface Devils are moving into Tugelo County and the Dooley brothers have to basically run them off. <laughs> so between Walking Tall and- The uh, Dukes. Yeah, Dukes. I love it. Now. Peter Ferris, when, when I ran across Peter, um, I think we opened the show, I think in our green room, green room, we opened the show with a turkey call because, uh, and I was so god dang excited because rarely do you get to meet somebody who just plays in the sandbox and doesn't go, well, I've never done this on camera or whatever, but I'm going to, while he, while he's preparing for that, this book right here is the devil himself probably ended up being for whatever reason. And I, I've loved every one of these books for a guy to break out of nowhere with this. Um, it's one of those books that has stayed in the back of my mind for whatever reason, for weeks on end. And every once in a while, I'll kind of hear that main character say something. And I think the reason that is, this is one of the first times I had debuted this little uh, feature on the show called If This Scene Could Talk. So I basically took a scene. Thanks, man. I, you know, it, uh, as I've said it frequently, that book took me 10 years to publish. My first novel came out in 2012, a heist novel about the Aryan Brotherhood. And it, the devil himself took off in France, but it, uh, I couldn't get arrested in the United States. So yeah, all in uh, about took me nearly 10 years for that book to get in print in English. And uh, yeah, it's... Um, it's a relief finally, and uh, I'm glad it's out there, and I'm glad folks are responding and enjoying it. it uh, I, you know, I've found an audience and readership in France, and still pretty much obscure and irrelevant in the United States. But thank you, David, for having such an awesome platform for writers across the spectrum, from the famous to the totally obscure. Hey, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Where we can we can get out there and connect with readers and talk about our work and uh, there's it's very egalitarian and I think that's what's so awesome about what you guys are doing here so um, but yeah David I'll tell you Mark knows this uh, just got short form deal memo the book is being set up for film uh, Laurent Buzero is attached to direct based on my screenplay so we'll be going to signature this week it looks like and big first step in getting the the feature made um, they've been at it for about eighteen months so 
Nice. We'll see. Yeah, it'll probably all fall apart tomorrow, knowing knowing Shopee. <laughs> wow. But Congratulations. A little, a little bit of good news after waiting ten years to, and wondering if I'd ever publish in the United States again. So very cool. Congrats. So, yeah. Can I can I give Peter a compliment for having the best shirt? Well, I didn't dress up. I literally was trying, helping my wife make dinner and walking a baby chihuahua and then scrambled down here with moonshine so I could get on on time. So, <laughs> this is not the plan. Well, I'm going to open the show with that line that he just dropped on us. I mean, that's the beginning of a book right there. All right, come on. Give me a little punctuation mark with a turkey call. I brought my favorite box call. So here's a little cluck. And then here's a yelp for you. You ready? So that's what a hen makes in the woods during breeding season. You'll hear them yelp like that. And the gobblers go crazy looking for a girlfriend and come to that sound. The trick is to sound like a hen and make them think you're that girlfriend. And then they get into range and well, yeah, you know what happens there. I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard that in West Hollywood. This Hey, listen, we've got wild turkeys in Austin. I heard it outside our window late one night, and I was afraid to open the blind and see two tiny little beady eyes staring in. So, yeah, they're great. They're I don't crazy. know what's going to happen here. We'll see. Yeah, that'd be great if I called in birds into your yard. Like, that would be, uh, that'd be a feather in my cap for the rest of my career, writing career. So, and here you go. This we've been talking about this book for how long? Storm Rising, Chris Hottie. This, I thought, it feels uh, like forever. There's Joey. No, it doesn't. I thought, okay, we're going to let Joey back in. Welcome back, Joey. I thought Deep State was uh, a page turner than, than Savage Road. Thank you, Savage Road. But this one, golly day. We talked about this when we are up at uh, Thriller Fest just a few weeks ago and uh, the success that it's had. And just tell the folks who have not had a chance to pick it up yet what it's all about, Chris. It's all about, uh, I, I write speculative political fiction. So I take things that are happening in our world and, and twist them and manipulate them and kind of blow them a little bit out of proportion. And then before I finish the book, news events overtake it and make it a lot less speculative than I, <laughs> what I began with. I mean, the Texas GOP just put into their their platform aspects of my book. So not so speculative after all, but anyway, uh, uh, Haley Chill is my franchise character and, and um, she is, uh, she's a very resourceful, relentless fighter uh, for the sanctity of the constitution. Um, and the threats uh, that she uh, encounters are, are usually uh, domestic based, you know, they're more of a, you know, how, how we can do harm to ourselves and our own institutions. And so in this case, in Storm Rising, she's down in, uh, largely in West Texas, and, uh, and she's, uh, she goes down there in pursuit of a, of a much more personal mystery about the, the death of her father and some very mysterious circumstances surrounding his death that is uh, the surprise ending of of Savage Road, the book two in the in the series, and um, and so in the course of uh, pursuing that mystery and the truth, she uncovers a much bigger conspiracy that you know happily she she resolves. Um, the 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 union remains preserved at the end of the book, and um, but she's suffered quite a few uh, emotional body blows in the course of, of, of that uh, journey. And so at the end of, of the book, she's, 
she's really been uh, pretty wiped out. What I'm currently working on now is, is or I've, I've turned in is book four, and that sort of picks up where Storm Rising left off. And um, But anyway, she gets right back on track, and the fourth book uh, is set in Hawaii, of all places, and, and is... is uh, is a real thriller. So I've been, uh, you know, I've turned that book in, that manuscript is in and expecting the editorial letter from the world's best editor, Emily Bessler, any day now and and pushing around ideas for, for book five while I'm waiting for that letter. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks for the golf clap. Yeah. <laughs> Joey, welcome back. And what, honey, what were we talking? Uh, I was mid compliment. Um, it bothered for, me so much I just signed off. Right, so you were very uncomfortable <laughs> with yeah. positive feedback, Joey. We need to work on that. Um, no, I was just saying if anyone had enjoyed the series Your Honor with Brian Cranston and Hope Davis and a whole slew of other people that we've seen in phenomenal productions, you were one of the writers on that show. And that was one of our favorite series that we watched all last year. So oh, cool. I'm yeah, really actually, excited to meet you. Thanks. I'm working on the second season right now. Actually, what happened was two executive producers called right as you were saying that literally, and somehow it messed up all of my technology. So they have like special powers when they realize I'm not working. <laughs> but yeah, we're doing a second season and it should come out at the end of the year. Cool. I can't wait. One yeah, of my it's a favorite, great series. One of my, mm -hmm. our favorite shows ever. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man, was, and Brian Cranston, forget about it. Mm -hmm. All right, folks, we're going to take one quick short break. And when we come back, we're going to find out each one of these guys and gals, their favorite moment in the first year of the Thriller Zone. Stay with us. Have you ever heard this phrase, hope is not a strategy? You know what that means, right? <laughs> You can't, you can't put something out there and go, man, I hope it works. Does that work for you? Does that work for anybody? Does it work for any kind of business? No. If you're an author like me, you want a website that is professional, clean, sexy, flawless, secure, and everybody takes care of all the little details. Because I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm putting in the time, putting out words. Words are my business. Website building in my business, authorbytes.com. I found them. You can too. Let me save you the time. Go to authorbytes.com. Sign up for a one-year contract. Get three months free. Tell them Dave Temple from the Thriller Zone sent you. Leave it in the hands of a professional. Forget about updating all those plugins and stuff. Go to authorbytes.com today. Use the code THRILLERZONE. Get three months free with a one-year contract. You've probably heard me talking about coffee, haven't you? And my passion, my love of coffee, right? I mean, I like hot coffee. I like cold coffee. I like all kinds of coffee. I don't drink a lot of fancy schmancy coffee because I kind of like mine just black. But if it's hot and it's fresh and it's fresh ground and delivered to my door, oh, baby, I'm in heaven. Who does that for you? Writer's Block Coffee will do that for you. What? Yeah, tell them Dave Temple from The Thriller Zone sent you. Uh, better yet, use the code The Thriller Zone and you'll get 15% off your first order. Yeah, 15% off your first order. Who does that? Ben at Writer's Block Coffee does that. You put in your order, it's roasted right there, ground to order, delivered within days. Doesn't get much better than that. 
If you like coffee as much as I do, and I spend way too much time drinking it and talking about it, then you're going to have to check out writersblockcoffee.com. Use the code THETHRILLERZONE, and you're going to be percolating and sipping and enjoying uh, Writer's Block Coffee. Remember, writersblockcoffee.com. Use the code THETHRILLERZONE. Hey, David, Wanda Morris here. I just wanted to reach out and wish you happy anniversary. This is such a wonderful milestone. And I also want to thank you for being so incredibly generous to new writers like me. I wish you nothing but success and happiness in the future. I can't wait to talk to you again. All my love, all my best. Hi, David. This is Ben Sobiak from Writer's Black Coffee. Just wanted to wish you a very big congratulations on one year of the Thriller Zone podcast. That's an amazing achievement. I, I, as a writer and a reader, I look forward to each episode because you put a ton of time and a ton of care into each episode. It really makes the Thriller Zone something special. David Temple, congratulations on wrapping up the first season. You brought on a pretty impressive list scribes and guests this last year so i bet you you will top yourself on year two happy anniversary for the thriller zone podcast if you haven't had a chance yet take a listen happy one year anniversary to david temple and the thriller zone hey david happy one year birthday for the thriller zone my favorite thriller podcast you have just had a who's who of people on your show i can't wait to see what you have in store for year two hey david congrats on the thriller zone to be such a great hit dude that's awesome what's up david it's scott blackburn just sending you a congratulations on one year of hosting the thriller zone cheers one year on thriller zone Congratulations to you and your team as one podcaster and content provider to another. Listen, buddy, I know what it takes. I know how hard you work. You and your team have hit it out of the park. David, so pumped that Thriller Zone is killing it. I cannot wait to see what's in store for next year. Uh, Congrats, man. Hello, brother. I was out walking the hood. Got to thinking about you. I am so proud of you. You have put all the pieces together. You are so mad talented. The world is definitely a better place with you in it. I want you to keep pursuing your dream, man, because you are making it happen. I love you. You're listening to The Thriller Zone. And now back to the show. Anybody want to start? Your favorite moment of the year? My favorite uh, moment is the whole concept of this podcast, which is that you bring on writers and there's nothing we love to talk about more than writing. And we get to talk about it with you who loves writing. And it's the, it's the repartee, it's the banner. It's just finding out where the conversation goes. And it was also when I uh, logged in for this, uh, for this Zoom tonight, you had a, like a holding um, page up and it said something like, welcome to Dave and Tammy's Naked Mondays on Zoom or something. It was ready. <laughs> Somebody titled it something and it was, or it was some, there was like a whole list of, are you here for which of these more preposterous fake podcasts? So um, I appreciate you uh, warming up the, uh, warming up the panelists, so to speak with um, uh, letting us know the, uh, the whole attitude with which, uh, which, which we get to approach this, which is, is great, but doesn't have to be too serious. Thank you, Meg. You're all, you've always been so, so kind uh, with your time. And, you know, the, the thing that I've always loved about the show is whether you're, you know, clocking top of the heap to guys who are just breaking out, 
Thriller Zone should be a place that everybody can. If it's thrilling you, I want to be talking about it, whether it's a TV, film, or book. So I'm glad that has resonated with you. Hey, who's next? Who who can think of uh, one? Just raise your hand. We'll go with it. Uh, one of your favorite moments of this past year. Go ahead, Mark. So I've got kind of a 1A and 1B. The first is when you had Peter Ferris on because <laughs> he should be a worldwide household name. The Devil Himself is probably one of the best books that have come out this year. So I appreciate the fact that you had him on. But I'm also an Ace Atkins fanboy. Mm. Loved your whole interview with him. That was amazing. Awesome. And is it just me or is uh, he working on AOL dial-up? <laughs> <laughs> Mark froze. Yeah. Who's next? Who's got the hand up? Jeff? Yes. For me, it's not about one particular moment. I kind of agree with Meg. What's what's fun, you know, we've, Brian and I have had the honor of being on several times now, and we appreciate your hospitality every time. Because what cool you is, write so damn much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sound like my wife, Chris. Stop it. Um, so the, I think what's cool about this, about this format is that you're a storyteller. I mean, all of us can appreciate that. We've all been on podcasts where it's like, where do you get the ideas for your stories? And like, you know, it's just horrible. It's like practicing bleeding. Um, <laughs> but but we get on we get on your show, and you're a storyteller, and the nuance, the little the little things that you know, as a writer, you spend. Brian likes to say we spend like ninety percent on the part that like two percent of the readers even get, but it's our favorite part. And like every time we've come on. The, right out of the gate you're like so i noticed this and we're like oh my god i love this guy so <laughs> it's, it's just a, it's kind of a different experience because you're a talented storyteller both in media and in books that you get those nuances and you're able to sort of flesh out some of some of the process without you know there's process podcasts and interviews that are also a little tedious because it's too technical but yours is just this perfectly balanced conversation every time we've been on i feel like we've been on five minutes and you're like wrapping it up now it's possible that we're so boring that we were only on five minutes and you're <laughs> now, now that i think about it or say it out loud but yeah i think that's my favorite thing about the show just in general well god thank you so much i'm i'm humbled by that it's very nice yes chris i i feel like i have to counter program the the david love here with <laughs> My, 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 is it a favorite moment or most embarrassed moment? And it is about me because I'm a narcissist. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to talk about the first five minutes that I was on your podcast and, and I was outside and, and I, and we had both gotten our coffees and sat back down and somehow we started talking about uh, other podcasts maybe, but I, I began to complain about another author who who went on name but you know you're not supposed to do that and i'm complaining about another author and then i said we're not recording are we and you said of course we are <laughs> <laughs> so that was my least favorite moment it, it, could have been worse. it could have been worse chris he could have said no we're live man we don't really <laughs> oh he used it it was it's in the podcast <laughs> And, and, and I've hated you ever since, Chris. <laughs> no one, no one present. No one present, believe me. That's hilarious. My favorite thing that you did, David, no one else has ever done this, is you, uh, you had us on 
and you you brought back clips from the last oh, time we were on. Yeah. You're like, the last time you were on, you said this, and I'm gonna play it now. And you queued <laughs> it up and played it. And I remember thinking, man, I'm dumber than I was the last time I was on this show. Because I don't think I'd think of that today. So thank you for trying to make uh, us look smart by picking our best clips from the previous show and recycling them. So he was, he was so pessimistic that we had additional thoughts that he, <laughs> that he loaded it up. He's like, this is, I've probably got everything they've got. So maybe, maybe we'll just do this. Oh, that's so funny, Brian. Thank you. <laughs> Joe, come on, give me one. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go more to, to the uh, general too. Um, I listened to him and I'm going to go, I'll go with the storyteller thing because we're all writers are storytellers. And to get in the, in the environment, just to talk about some things without saying, oh, here's my book. And I, you know, I, I suffered on the back alleys of this and here I am made it. And you, you didn't, ha ha ha, look at me to make everybody else feel bad. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you, you asked this question. Like, I can't remember who it was. It was a dare or somebody who you were talking about things that you kind of didn't think you would need to do, but you ended up doing them because you had to. And then and the, and the story came out of this connecting with people moment. And and because you're a person connector, it really, I don't know, I'm not going to blow smoke, smoke up your skirt either because I can't see your, below your waist. I'm assuming you're wearing a skirt. Um, is the. Uh, you know, it was a it was a moment of of sort of a warm kind of you don't need to be a special to be somebody and that kind of theme kind of goes through several of your light-hearted humorous story kind of feel and i appreciate that being oh, early you. on and being a nobody it really you know makes you say okay i can be a somebody because i had those experiences i have those same stories to tell so thanks for that awesome that is so nice so kind Peter, did I see your hand go up? Is he frozen? I believe he's frozen. Sean. Well, oh. I'm, I'm going to do it just because it felt like old times. Uh, we just kept riffing. I mean, we've known each other, as I think about it, 27 years now. So it was just like sitting in, well, you lived in Devon. You didn't live in Westchester. You lived in Devon. Uh, and that's where we used to hang out and then uh, visit you the one time in L.A. And only you could get me to L.A. Uh, nobody else could. That was the good part. And then the fact that I got a great compliment by somebody who watched the episode who said I scared the crap out of them. And uh, <laughs> talking about technology and what have you. And I thought, you know what? That's what I'm here to do. I did my job. So that was the that was the good part. And Sean, in like two sentences, tell our friends exactly where that comes from. Because while you do uh, consult and counsel with the wife, you, your real uh, oomph with Syzygy 3 back in the day is tech security. Uh, yeah. So I spent 20 plus years in various uh, um, forms of technology, most of the times trying to keep the bad guys out. And um, that's a turned into a no-win proposition, so I got out of that. Now, basically, I prepare companies to be hacked. How cool is that, guys? Talking about material to write, right? Yeah, I don't the same thing. Can I, talk, can I call you? Yeah. <laughs> I think we're all thinking I, I, Well, actually, believe it or not, that was half the episode, uh, was talking about how very few things get the, the technology right. Less so in books, because you have more room to get it right in books, but in TV, movies, 
and other types of media such as that. I'm going to put you on the spot real quick because this is a great think tank that might be able to answer that question. You sent me an email maybe four, five, six weeks ago. Throw it in front of these people and see if uh, they know have any a better idea of that connection than I did. Do you so remember? I got the connection that I need. I just can't get in touch with her. But I'm looking for people who work at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory out in California. Even better if they have some connection with either of the Voyager mission. Have an idea for a story of what, how the world reacts if one of the Voyager spacecrafts suddenly changes direction well i i the uh, jpl is a you know i could probably if i had a, a a decent rifle i could probably hit it from where i live and i swim at rose bowl and uh i'm i'm sure a few of their folks swim at rose bowl as well i'll ask around and see if i can find anybody over there that'd be great or come to I, whole foods where i shop in pasadena <laughs> I'm always yeah I'll, I'll ask around and i'll i appreciate I'll have, that I'll have Thanks. these guys hook me up, hook you up. Awesome. Meg, how are you doing on time? I've got a couple more minutes here. Okay. I'm going to throw a hint to you so you can be meditating on it while I go down to Joey and ask him uh, his favorite moment. But Meg, we're talking, we're going to be coming up on rapid fire questions here shortly. And uh, if you were to play one character from your book, anyone, who would it be and why? So think about that. Joey, what was your, uh, what was one of your favorite things uh, this past year? Cause I, I think you're a newcomer to the show, relatively newcomer, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I kind of echo what everybody said, but I, I, I tried to listen or watch everything I went on before I went on it. And this, I, the first one of yours that I watched was the interview with uh, Scott Blackburn. And it was the first time I was just watching because I wanted to do research because I don't want to look like an idiot when I went on other people's stuff. But with yours, that was the first time I was like, oh, I'm going to buy that book. And then I realized, well, that's the show you want to be on because the, the interview was so interesting. It actually made me want to buy. So I hope uh, I hope I had a little bit of that on yours nice. as well. But it's just that, you know, you just listen and have a real conversation and you ask the questions that I want to hear. So I appreciate that. Man, thank you so much. God, that means so much to me. That's the best compliment you can get from an author. You're selling books, David. Yeah. Wow. Tammy, you're going to have to move out because you're not going to be able to live with him in much longer. <laughs> Peter, yeah. did, did I get you yet? Not yet. I can be brief if you like. Break. No, no, no. I just, we, you froze a couple minutes ago, so I'm glad you're back. Yeah, I think I'm okay. Hopefully I'm not. Doesn't sound like I'm stroking out or something with y'all. <laughs> so uh, all the Southern guys y'all have had on as crazy Southern dudes, Mark Westmoreland, J.B. Stevens, Bobby Matthews, obviously bigger writers too. I've really enjoyed those. Uh, Scott Blackburn, like all these great up and coming writers. Um, I feel real um, uh, kindred, like they're kindred spirits. Probably my favorite though, you asking for advice, writing advice, and it just runs the gamut. And one I think was May Cobb. And she talked about uh, stealing little moments. She's a mother and I'm a dad. And like, just, you don't have to sit in a chair and punch a ticket, a punch the clock and for eight hours, just type, 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 type. You can be giving your kid a bath and you just 15 minute reprieve where you just jot something down that helps you just get these little breakthroughs and you find them, you steal them all throughout the day. I wrote my third novel, The Clay Eaters, which has only been published in France with basically a one-year-old behind me on the floor. I had a, I had a, a newborn, you know, in his little Moses basket or manger basket and his toys. And, uh, you know, for a couple hours, I was tending to a baby behind me. And then a new novel that's coming out in France next year, I wrote during the pandemic. 
Um, and we pulled our son from daycare. So I was like taking care of this crazy five-year-old and trying to, to write a novel too. And I was constantly stealing like little moments of just like of sanity where I could uh, jot down a line of dialogue or make a note about a scene, esoteric stuff that only writers understand, but it helped me keep that propulsion and like get the work done eventually. So may, that resonated with me, her advice. And you have so many writers dropping juicy tidbits like that. So that's what I love about the show, for sure. Thank you. And you know, sometimes I am my own worst enemy because I wonder, oh, will people get tired of the same questions? But I have a couple that I just always want to know. And I have to remember two things. One is there's so many new listeners coming all the time and I get them through emails and tracking through analytics and so forth. And having done radio for most of my life, I know that, you know, we always assume, oh, everyone's listening all the time, but there's new listeners. And the other thing is, I'm just curious by nature. And I always want to know, you know, come on, give me, give me that juice, you know, give me that secret sauce. And uh, I think that's what just always keeps me constantly intrigued. You know, speaking of which Dean Koontz, we recorded yesterday. Oh, I felt like I was in the presence of, I don't know. Who, it was just, it was, a. I, that's the first time I was really, I was, my shirt was soaked. I was so nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> But he it was the coolest, most laid back, kindest, gentlest spirit ever. And talking about prolific, but I can't wait. That, that show's coming up in about three weeks. Meg. Hey, you know what you know this sound is? <laughs> so a little rapid fire questions. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess maybe Heat 2. I don't know. But if you were going to get to play one character... And I, and I know a lot of people go, oh, but I'm not an actor. Yeah, but let's pretend you can. Any one of them, who would it be and why? I'm going to sit, save Heat 2 and kind of tease it because I get to come back on with you um, <laughs> later this summer, I hope. Yes, so ma'am, of gonna, course. I'm going to keep you hanging because my job is to keep people in suspense. That is what I do. So I will say that one character I would play from from my books would be Caitlin Hendricks, who is the protagonist in my Unsub series, because she's uh, well, she's she's younger, taller. She runs faster, jumps higher than I am. She's an <laughs> FBI agent, um, and she's a profiler, so she's an excellent judge of character. So, so you know, she knows she knows who's hiding something, which is a great skill for people to have. And uh, she's a redhead. All the cool people in my family are redheads, so I made her made her a redhead. So that's uh, that's who I'd be. That's awesome. And yes, I don't have my calendar in front of me, but you're here in just a couple of weeks, Jeff. Let's go with you, and let's do Andrews Wilson one one after the other. If you're gonna in there, so and we only have a few minutes. So you know, uh, with all the books, you got. I know we've got a <laughs> stack to pull from, but give me one, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've got a different series and different characters. It's easy to to uh, say you want to be Dempsey or Chunk Redman or someone like that. But honestly, if I could pick one and only one, I'd probably want to play Ben Morvan, who is a secondary character in our uh, our Shepherd series, uh, Dark Intercept. You don't really meet him until Dark Angel and Dark Fall. But um, I love Ben Morvan, not just because he's the seasoned, calm guy, but he seems... He's a guy I relate to because he's been through a lot of violent things in his life and he has somehow found peace and he found it through faith. So mm -hmm. I, I would want to play him, I think. That's awesome. Right. And that's so you too, dude. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
And guys, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a bail. So thank you so much for having me on. This is great. Bye, Meg. Congratulations, you, Meg. Bye, Meg. Bye, bye. Meg, we love you. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Okay, Dad. She's awesome. Uh, Brian, how about you, sexy kitten? Yeah, the squares have rearranged now. So, yes. um, yeah, I think I'd like to play Dan Munn. And it's funny because we just went to Virginia Beach and I met the real life Dan Munn, who was a friend of Jeff's. He's been a friend of Jeff's for, I don't know, 15, 20 years, something like that. Um, but in the series, Dan has always intrigued me because uh, the fictional Dan Munn, because here's a guy who has to be John Dempsey's wingman. And like Jeff said, I think. I think I can't really imagine playing John Dempsey, but to actually be sort of in the presence of this fictional, uh, you know, badass would be uh, pretty interesting. So that's my answer, Dan Munn. I love it. Uh, let's go with Joe and Sean. Uh, you're going to have an interesting. You're up next, so you're going to have to think outside the box. Maybe one of the books. Don't worry. Okay, I got yeah, something. Okay, I figured that. Joe, how about you, buddy? Well, the main character of my books is a guy named Bridger, who has got a uh, sort of a CIA-ish relationship with mother, covert action background. But my books are based upon my sort of my autobiographic story. So it's kind of hard for me to take myself out. My first book, I was sort of the lead character in, in Spy Devils. I was the lead character until I wrote Bridger. And I, I'm not interesting. This guy's more interesting. So um you know everybody say play bridger but i think i like the the minor characters of he was a guy named peter Schaefer who worked for corporate was just a mope uh did his job ended up being stuck in the world of espionage not knowing what the hell was going on and had to figure out what was what was happening to his life and to this world to keep his job and just an everyday drone bee going into work and having his bosses tell him what to do and getting trying to get fired and keep the health care and that's I wanted to connect with people, so I really connected with him because it was sort of me. Yeah. And I have something like that in every book because it's sort of all my books are based upon my different phases of my life. Yeah. And so the next one will be politics and things like that. Perfect. All right, Sean, let's hear it. So as the only non-writer on this uh, episode, I'm going to actually go with an actual author. And I'm going to go with the author who actually got me into reading because my mother told me to read the first book in what turned out to be a trilogy. And it got me so hooked <clears throat> that I haven't stopped reading since. And I'll say if I could be any author, it would be Robert Ludlum hmm. uh, because my mom was a, is still a voracious reader and she read The Born Identity. And I think I was 11, 12. She gave me the book and she said, read this. And I said, ah, I want to be outside. I want to be playing. And, uh, and she said, read the book. And it was a hardcover. And I read the book. And ever since then, that's, that's been my, uh, my go-to is to be a reader awesome. of thrillers. And if I can throw this pitch in, I'm on the dining room table right now, and at about chapter 10 sits The Born Sacrifice by Brian Freeman. He's coming up next week, and this is going to, this could be on my top, inside my top 10 for summer reading. If you like uh, Love Them, you're going to love this. Okay. Uh, let's go to, let's go to uh, Joey with the exceptional connection. I want to know what you 
would be playing and why? I would, I'd play my main character, James. Uh, one, because he's a lawyer and I always wanted to be a lawyer. Um, but more importantly, he does two things that I have not done in a while and that's smoke cigarettes and drink alcohol. And I miss them both. So <laughs> I enjoyed writing those moments uh, immensely because I got to vicariously get a little buzz through him. <laughs> yeah, you still have that scotch and smoke voice uh, <laughs> i was just thinking the same anymore. thing man that guy's joey's got some great pipes That's, yeah he does <laughs> sounds great hey mark how about you buddy mac dooley from a violent gospel is basically me he's <laughs> handsome funny <laughs> and pretty dumb and i tell my wife so yeah, if I were any fictional character from a book, I'd write it. Gotcha. Chris, how about you? Well, I think it's going to be pretty weird if I say Haley Chill. <laughs> <laughs> a 25-year-old, blonde, blue-eyed, ass-kicking female from West Virginia. So It's how I've always thought of you, Chris. <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> So I'm going to go with Andrew Wilde, her, her handler, I guess is what she is. He is. Um, and he's why, why I would go with him is he's, I, I guess he's kind of like me in some ways, but he, he, he's sort of a, uh, he's not terribly agreeable and, and, uh, and he kind of uh, works with Haley and, and, and what could be described as a tough love kind of, uh, relationship. I mean, he has a, he gives her a hard time and he, and he, and he isn't always uh, supportive, but ultimately, you know, you get, I, I hope that a reader would get the sense that he's very much, um, uh, you know, interested in her well-being and, and respects and, and admires her uh, with, um, <clears throat> Uh, great paternal affection. So he's a good guy. I haven't used, I haven't done a lot with him in the books yet. And, and someone smarter than me said, uh, you know, you got to do something with him and explore, you know, deeper into who Andrew Wilde's all about. So that's a, that's an arrow I've got in my quiver that I'm going to use one of these days. I like it. Hey, as we get ready to wrap up, uh, I would like to ask this entire crew, any questions that you have for my lovely and beautiful and talented wife why'd you marry him how do you do it <laughs> i was gonna say david invited me and my wife to dinner with you i don't know if he does that with every guest but uh that's felt like an open invitation so encinitas has an open door policy anytime you're down here just give us a call yeah for sure yeah well, I just think you should make more appearances. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, David I is, is charming, but he's not that great. I mean, yeah. so let, let's get you on the show some more. Yeah. Uh, keep the energy up. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you, Brian. Thank you, Chris. Brian, you put the, you, you look up uh, the better half in the dictionary and we'll see a picture of Tammy. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. There you go. Actually, Tammy proves David does have a brain. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Definitely the best thing I ever did. Um, Thank you. We did used to, we used to have a podcast called um, Dave and Tammy Tour Podcast. Here's what we did was we're moving from New York City to um, Los Angeles. And we wanted to keep in touch and have our family kind of 
you know, travel the road with us. So we shot little miniature videos uh, all along the way and did little, you know, like 10 minute podcast. And we got more traffic, all of that silly, silly thing since when we landed in Encinitas uh, and over cocktails and conversation, the uh, hilarity ensued. So it was fun. a good time. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. They were good. I'll give you that. They were good. Yeah. Thank you. The later in the show, the deeper into the cocktails, the more interesting the conversation. We'll just say that. Well, guys, I was going to have hats and blow whatever those and all that <laughs> bullshit for the uh, party. But uh, thank you so much for joining us for this one year celebration. It's been I cannot believe it's been one year um, It and, and it's experienced steady growth some of the greatest authors literally in the world and we i don't want to give out all the candy in the lobby but i've got a list of what's come who's coming up in uh august september we're booked into october and into november and we have a stellar lineup i mean it just keeps getting better and i i feel so uh, blessed and grateful to have you guys as friends and mentors and yeah. Congratulations okay. to you. Congratulations. Yes. Absolutely. Continued success. Thank Hard you, work man. and dedication. Yeah. And Tammy, stay on your feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no more uh, face plants and uh, road rash. Well, at least not before big recordings. Right. So. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. Chris, I'm going to be talking to you um, probably in the spring uh, over your next book. I think we kind of threw that around at Thriller Fest. We're going to be getting together, though, before then we've already talked about. Mm -hmm. um, Jeff and Brian. Brian, you're going to be talking to me about a new feature on the show. Jeff may be a part of that, but you remember that little idea that we tossed around at uh, Thriller Fest? And uh, Jeff, we have other things to talk about, hopefully very soon. We'll leave it at that. Joey, we cannot wait. Jeez, we cannot wait for your honor, as well as what's happening next with the local. Peter, nobody does ducks and turkeys and deer like you, buddy. <laughs> and uh, that devil himself, you know, when we when I got a chance to do that little bit of the audio, mm -hmm. that's all that's opened up some new doors just because somebody finally heard it. And I'm totally excited about it. We'll share it more very soon. The other thing that was fun about Peter's podcast, not to step over yeah. you, is hearing uh, the perspective of publishing in another country versus publishing here in the US and that experience. It was really interesting and fascinating, Peter, that you were able to share and talk to that level. Yeah, I'm the I'm the Jerry Lewis or Woody Allen of Southern Noir uh, <laughs> right now. And that's cool. It's fine by me. So. Joe, I'm I'm waiting to see what's next up your sleeve. I'm very anxious. Yeah, I'll hit you in the fall. I think the next book's next book's coming out late fall, early winter, something like that. So I'll hit you up. Okay, awesome. Um and Mark, I know that you 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 keep me pretty well in tune to what you're doing. So that's I think that's pretty close, isn't it? Isn't it? September. September. Got it. Cool. And Sean. Yes, sir. When are we going to get together again in person, do you think? Considering Susan might have to spend a week in LA, maybe sooner than we think. So, because she needs a chauffeur. There she, she told is. Me. So, there she is. Come on, Susan. Susan, say quick, hi. Quick, say hi. Oh, look at you. What's for dinner, baby? Yeah. 
I told you it was so Owen Hinson's one year anniversary show. I thought the same brother. No. It's these Everybody. little impromptu moments, David. Yes. yes. I love it. The storytelling. So you can hear, you can, you now understand how much my wife actually listens to me. Yeah. And here's what I said. And she got oh, my yeah. book. <laughs> <laughs> and she pimps her book. I love it. That's okay. awesome. That is not a thriller. <laughs> but we're thrilled to see her. Yes. Bam. Yes. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time out. We're a little bit over, but uh, raise your glasses if you still have any. My little gin and tonic is pretty watered down. Cheers to each and one of you. Thank you so much for your love and friendship and the good work that you do. I'm I'm honored to be friends with you. Thank you. I'm looking Jared. forward to reading everybody's books, too. Everything, everything sounds great. Yeah. So nice to see all you guys in person. Really fun and exciting for me. Thank you so much. Thanks, hey, Danny. best of luck yeah. to everybody. Good luck. I'll be on the lookout for uh, the new releases. Is Cheers. that it? Yeah, see yeah. you next time right. on another Thriller Zone. Adios. See ya. Yeah, A very special thanks to, in no particular order, Chris Hottie, Meg Gardner, Joe Goldberg, Sean O'Rourke, Peter Ferris, Andrews and Wilson, that's Brian and Jeff, Joey Hartstone, Mark Westmoreland, and all my friends who called in and sent their videos. And of course, a very special thank you to my lovely and brilliant wife, Tammy, my partner in this adventure of a lifetime. Now, as I said at the top of the show, stay tuned for The Thriller Zone 2.0, beginning next week. And to give you an idea of who's coming in July, Jane Friedman, Brian Freeman, Amina Akhtar, Eli Craner, Sarah Pierce, and the legendary Dean Koontz. Then, before summer ends, we'll welcome David Ellis, Rick Blyweiss, Kelly J. Ford, Ryan Steck, Super Agent Gina Panettiere, Nick Petrie, Wanda Morris, J. Todd Scott, Adam Hamdy, and Meg Gardner. I'm David Temple. We'll see you next time for another edition of The Thriller Zone. I didn't dress up. I literally was trying, helping my wife make dinner and walking a baby chihuahua and then scrambled down here with moonshine so I could get on on time. So, uh, this is not the plan. The Thriller Zone has been presented by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox. The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller.